0: Service.
1: Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media, March fifth, on the Best Show Ever podcast. You're tuned in to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lupiton. This week on the show, my conversation with a Portland-born, Brooklyn-based gospel folk firebrand who's bringing her own vision of social justice and a powerful, playful bounce of soul back to modern religious music, Liz Weiss. We're back from a little Thanksgiving break, and I'm glad we can kick off the consumerist chaos of the holiday season with Liz Weiss, who has just put a different kind of Christmas song into the world that probably won't be included on the commercial stations dripping with neatly nostalgic and eternally safe hits like White Christmas, Deck the Halls, and Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Her song is called Refugee King which you'll hear in just a little bit, but I think it perfectly symbolizes the difficult needle Liz has been trying to thread since she humbly released her now-revered record There's a Light, an effortlessly funky set of songs that is at once reverent of the church traditions in which she grew up singing with her family in Oregon, and so damn slinky and earthy and fearlessly... Sensual that it actually made me squirm in my seat because I was hearing the teachings of Jesus and the prophets in songs like The Source, which could be a mashup of classic Booker T and the MGs, Aloe Black and Amy Winehouse. And it made me question, why have I not been listening to more gospel music? And her new song, Refugee King, reminds us how the story of Jesus isn't a paint-by-numbers savior story. It's a tale of an untraditional family cast out Searching for a home and a better life, only to be both championed, helped and hated, and tortured in equal measure. Something the ever-growing tide of refugees from Syria to El Salvador and back are only too familiar with. But the more I think about it, the more I know that gospel music is really the fabric behind all of the music that we know and love today. Liz is just following a rich tradition that goes back generations to powerful advocates like Sister Rosetta Tharp, Sam Cooke, the Staples Singers, the Ward Singers, Aretha, and especially Mahalia Jackson, who was the soundtrack to the Civil Rights Movement. And it was Mahalia who pushed Martin Luther King to tell the assembled masses in Washington about that singular dream. And when you hear the common stories of a million rock bands being launched by seeing The Beatles on Ed Sullivan or seeing Elvis shake it on live television for the first time, they forget to tell the story Of Sister Rosetta Tharp, who was slinging her guitar in churches and on bandstands across the country way before those guys were doing it. And it was people like Sister Rosetta Tharp who maybe accidentally inspired what we now know as soul music, rock and roll, and rhythm and blues, while never taking her eyes off the prize of inspiring her listeners to live a true, honest, and righteous life where you can rebel against your own doubt and your own pain and sickness, but never, ever lose your faith. And it all comes down to faith in the end. That's the thing that always makes me wonder about people who believe truly. How do you keep that faith? It was even more fitting that we were able to record Liz in a reconfigured old synagogue turned church turned performing art stage in a fractured, ungentrified L.A. neighborhood not far from where Liz would visit each year with her mother's family. Re-listening to our talk today, I can already feel that she's looking ahead to a new record that puts the protest and social justice and clear-eyed civil rights that she began to explore on her newest record, Save Me, front and center. We forget how much religious music was infused in the counterculture. And as the BBC mentions in a great article about that time, the music of the black church was now infusing and inspiring the political consciousness of folk music. Gospel was no longer for the religious, but for the foundation of protest. We think of Christians now as being aligned with the far right, being the conservative people among us. But that was not always the case. There were pastors and preachers from all over the country who came to the South to try to get the civil rights movement farther along, and they died doing so. We may not be at war in the same way under Johnson and Nixon, but the foundations of unrest and discontent ring a similar bell today. I like to joke that under terrible political oppression and corruption comes great art, but that would cheapen what Liz Vice is trying to do. I'm glad the music bug bit her hard, even if it was later than most, because we need what she's trying to say, now more than ever. But enough for me. Here's a little clear-eyed Christmas spirit to usher you into the twinkling darkness of December. Here she is now, no
0: Liz Vice. Let down into Egypt from heaven to No place for his parents, no country or try. And they ran and they ran and they ran. Ooh. Okay, where are we and who are you? Where are we? <laughs> uh, Los Angeles, California, the Pico Union project.
1: Crazy, multidisciplinary church. I think that so. That is now showcasing music of all kinds.
0: Yeah. And my name's Liz Weiss, by the way.
1: Sweet. I think, it's a, I think this is a fitting place to record you since you come out of a, would they say, a gospel music tradition? Religious I mean, music that is that is far beyond religious music
0: right, I mean that's what they say. I think it's just easier to categorize right
1: I mean, I was blasting your last few records at mm-hmm. my house, and my wife was like, I really am like getting down to this, yeah, but I'm feeling maybe a little weird that it's sexy, and she's rocking Jesus' name uh-huh. like every song, but I'm yeah. feeling really sexy about, yeah. That. My wife didn't say any of that, by the way, but like just I felt like up. she was implying that.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Jesus forgives you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's a sexy
1: soulfulness yeah. and a playfulness, especially to some of the piano, almost like Donny Hathaway yeah. vibes going on. It's
0: kind of like a woo people in because sex sells, right? Yeah. And then it's like boom, you just got baptized. I'm into it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all need to be cleansed of our. We uh, do.
0: I'm a hot mess. Or weirdness. I should not be shaking that.
1: And you told me in the parking lot, obviously, that touring is not your fave.
0: <coughs> yeah.
1: But here you are in here our I am. hot, sweltering, concrete yeah. jungle of a city.
0: I wish and I'm glad I liked, you're here. Yeah, I wish I liked touring more. I wish, I mean, I love traveling. Mm hmm. I have to get into it. I don't know why I don't. I mean, I know people who hate touring as well. I love that I get to go to new cities. Right. I love meeting new people all the time. Um, But it's different when you're constantly pouring your heart out on stage. Mm. And then I was talking to a woman last night, and I said, yeah, you kind of have to recoup as you're driving to the next city and she's like you're supposed to recuperate from pouring your soul out. Yeah. In like 6 hours in a car. Like, yeah, that's literally the only time.
1: Well, I think people always assume that what we do is so pleasurable, yeah, that why would you need to recuperate? Yeah. That's energy sort of flowing into uh-huh. you not out of you but if you're giving 110 every yeah, night every night you do feel wrung out like uh-huh. a rag you at do the end.
0: even if it's good stuff and also you have to think about the energy that people are bringing into that space as well yeah um yeah and I don't do cocaine so like you're just tired. not anymore <laughs> no I mean yes <laughs> I am stuffy um yeah it's just, and the older I get, the more introverted I've become. Mm. Um, I don't feel like I've been doing music that long because literally from start to finish, it's only been almost six years mm-hmm. in january and you're UK. from
1: you're from Portland
0: I'm from Portland, Oregon, yeah
1: grew up with a you know a Catholic family. that's what uh, I've been told,
0: yeah, I mean, my family is very Catholic, but my mom was like the rebellious party or. Mm of the family. Like she would, my, my aunt, who's the middle child, she would lock her out of the house and say, go hang out with your friends, because mm. you're too boring. Mm. So. Free spirit? Free spirit, yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad, my mom is from LA, so she was in like the celebrity Hollywood musician lifestyle. My dad was in like a famous 70s and 80s band. Oh shit. Um, and she wanted to be a jazz singer. But my grandmother was like, "You need to be a secretary and a wife," mm. and so she got married at 20 years old. Yeah, as one did. As one did, as one's supposed to.
1: I feel like such a like an asshole when there's people I talk to or mm-hmm. even friends when they get married. Yeah, really young. I'm like, why? Yeah. Or like, yeah, you know, I'm like honestly curious. Like, we don't have to do that anymore. Right,
0: and that's what I tell people. Because I do get the question, why are you single often? And I used to come up with an excuse of like, men are afraid of me, which sometimes they are. Um, But in all honesty, I don't know. And a a lot of times, like, women aren't getting married to be able to own a home anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't have to have their husband sign Mm. paperwork for them to go to school. Right. Um, I'm in my 30s, and I still feel like I might be too young to get married, but I don't know.
1: I feel like I was talking with a friend earlier, and you know, we've both gotten married within the last year and a mm-hmm. half, two years, and it's it feels like driving from Indiana into Illinois. You're wow. like, oh, something's changed, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: not really. Yeah. But and then things start to then you hit Chicago, yeah. like you know, it's like you are coming out of the fields, and yeah. then you something happens, like oh, you're gonna start talking about having enough kids, kids and yeah. and like. Where do we want a dog? Or like, how you're gonna escape after the massive uh, earthquake happens in LA? Like, who do we go to? Like, who's our yeah. closest uh, family? And they're like, oh, no one lives swim? near us.
0: Do we know how to swim? I mean, I have visited LA twice a year since I was four years old. Yeah, um, maybe once a year. And every time we would come back and stay with my grandmother, I was terrified of an earthquake.
1: Did you ever experience it when you were a kid?
0: Never. I mean, in Portland, yes, but I don't really remember because I think everybody goes into shock. I used to pray that my grandmother would pass away before the big earthquake because I'm like, who would save her? And she did. She passed away like... She made it out. Five years ago, she did. She made it out.
1: Did she dig your music?
0: So, okay, now it's going to be kind of sad. So when my... First record came out and it was done. There's a light. Yeah, there's a light. Um, my grandmother was on her way Yeah. to the other side. And I had a friend burn all the tracks and play it for her mm. while she was passing on. Mm.
1: Um, Maybe it was like so, the, yeah. uh, the magic carpet of sound yeah. that brought her to Just, heaven.
0: It's okay, you're free. And that is, this is like the third time something like this has happened where I made a documentary for this guy who was 89 years old and I forgot to tell his parents, or not his parents.
1: (laughs) I mean, if his parents were still alive, that would be impressive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he died pretty young. Um, I forgot to tell his kids and grandkids. And so he passed away before my documentary was done. Yeah. And I was able to give this to them as a gift, Mm. like literally the last moments of their dad's life. Wow. What's, also, that, what's that called? Uh, Mr. Wiederman. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. Uh, and this was when I was in film school. And I shot a music video of a young man. Um, and it was kind of eerie because he was like in the, lurking in the shadows of mm. the main character in this music video. And he passed away a week before mm. the music video came out. So I'm like, either I'm killing people mm. or... it
1: would make a cool film.
0: I know. Like, whoops.
1: Everyone you shoot...
0: Ends up dead.
1: If you're on that... Yeah. ...micro SD card. I
0: know. I'm like... And I sang to someone as he passed away. But he was sick before I started doing music full time.
1: Because, yeah, music sort of came as this happy accident in a way, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you sang, I think, religious music growing uh-huh. up. But then you wanted to be in filmmaking and yeah. acting and, and yeah. that world. Uh, you made there's a light sort of for friends and family in a yeah, way, you know, it's sort free. of a gospel Americana, you know, uh, yeah. and it got a lot of attention. I remember, I remember when yeah. it came out and I listened to it, you know, it
0: was crazy. I had just gotten a full scholarship to get my master's in producing. Mm. And I, at the same time I got an offer to work on a low budget indie TV show and I went to Europe to kind of like have space and clear my mind, Um, and I came back and I was like, I just don't know if I need to go back to school. So I turned it down, took this low-budget indie TV show job, which was Portlandia, Mm -hmm. worked on Portlandia for a couple months, and then that's when the opportunity to sing on a collaboration record with Josh White, who was a pastor of the church in Portland, Mm. and Eric Early, the lead singer of Blitz and Trapper, Mm. recorded a record, and Eric said, Liz should sing this song, and so I sang it, but I was still working in production. Mm. I got hired to work at an ad agency in Portland, Mm. and then a year and a half later, I recorded There's a Light, but I was like, yeah, we'll record it, give it away for free, I'll go back to struggling in film, bada bing, bada boom. Now I'm
1: a musician, full time. You never know where the road will take you. Never know. Well, it's funny because there's so many, I think, intersections and and meandering roads from mm. people in the film world and the music world. Yeah. I mean, Portlandia yeah. itself. You have Carrie so Brownstein as, you know, this in Slater-Kinney. Oh, yeah. And uh, Fred Armisen was in rock a bands, band punk too, yeah. bands, for years, you know. And they end up in this completely other world. Mm-hmm. But you see Fred Armisen like jamming out on drums oh, like yeah. all the time, like all oh, over yeah. LA too. Yeah. It's
0: awesome. I, I get so all or nothing. Yeah. And I got to a crossroads, and it was like you're either going to do this thing that's naturally unfolding, which was music, or you're going to say no to yeah. music and continue to press into film. But Portlandia, there were so many musicians on set that I had. Katie Lang? I felt like such a dummy because I met St. Vincent mm. on set, literally had no idea who she was. Right. And I was like, so it was like acting your main thing? Or music? <laughs> like, is that something that... Do you play you... the guitar at all? <laughs> <or> is... <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, a little bit of both, or I don't really remember what she said. And a week later, she was on the cover of Billboard magazine. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm a dummy. <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. Um, but yeah, I... We'll see what happens with music.
1: So Save Me is the...
0: The new record. The new
1: record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think listening to those two, there feels like there's a deeper, darker mm-hmm. dive mm-hmm. in Save Me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you open with this sort of ominous mm-hmm. rainstorm, yeah. you know, and uh, you actually don't know almost what the sounds are mm-hmm. coming in. There's mm-hmm. this earthy kind of rumbling.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, and you're talking about, you know, A storm coming, Mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. What were you trying to usher us into with that first track?
0: With the first song, it honestly was a childhood song. Mm. Well, when I say childhood, I was about fourteen. It was childhood, and we would sing this at Sunday school. And this woman named Miss Dudley would teach us these songs. Um, And if we were ever afraid to like sing or anything, she'd be like, "Are you chicken for the Lord?" And I'm thinking, yes, I'm quite afraid. (laughs) I don't want to sing in front of people or talk in front of people. But I just wanted to, like, I wanted my second record, one, didn't think I would do it. Mm -hmm. Two, if I was going to do it, I just needed to get out of my system. Three, if I'm going to do this, I want to talk about my life experience Mm -hmm. in a poetic way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... As one who claims to follow in the ways of Jesus, Mm -hmm. which is definitely something not necessarily reflected in today's media, Um, sometimes it's dark, Mm -hmm. and it feels stormy and confusing, and a lot of times I don't know what I'm doing, or where I'm going, mm-hmm. or my faith is very small and I need to lean on the faith of other people. Mm-hmm. And because of touring, I get to meet so many kind, different kinds of people who give me words of encouragement, and I also feel like I'm learning what loving your neighbor looks like. Mm. Um, and that might make you look like you're not really a follower of Jesus by the people that I mm-hmm. am choosing to love freely. So, yeah, I just wanted to have an honest narrative about what it's been like. Because not only do I have Drift Away, which is the first song, but I have Save Me from Myself, Mm -hmm. and I also have To Dance with Death, which is about years of illness Mm. that I struggled with near death, um, where I wanted to give up, and it was because of the faith of other people Mm. that I think I'm still here to this day.
1: I'm glad that beautiful statement was uttered as the vacuum cleaner went into full, <laughs> full force outside the door. I mean I mean, yeah. this illness that you went through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and you you know, your faith is questioned throughout this record. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. and you're sort of almost consoling yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in baby, hold on, you know, if you lose your way, I'll be your guide. Mm-hmm. You know. What is the real thing that keeps you believing
0: dude i don't know it's a stubbornness or believe these are things I ask myself all the time because it's almost
1: rebellious to to fully believe I know. anymore I know because it's it's commonplace I think for especially people touring and being in the arts and you're drinking every night and blah blah, blah. it's like yeah. it's almost like obvious that I don't believe Oh, yeah, but if you actually do believe
0: yeah.
1: it's almost more out there and subversive yeah. than being a heretic.
0: Yeah. Right. You know. And it's not yeah. even just with people who don't share the same faith. It's also within the f- tiers of the faith community where I'm reading Harry Potter and someone's like, "How could you read that? Witchcraft." Yeah. And I feel like even though I'm like way behind. I'm reading Harry Potter for the first time. <laughs> um that there's so much depth to Mm. it and to think that a person could write a story like this Mm -hmm. and to see someone go through so much trauma and still choose love Mm. even though there's like internal struggle with anger and resentment and Mm -hmm. abandonment and people that are continuously coming around him of like I know you want to cut yourself off from people Mm -hmm. because you're so hurt but we're not going to let you do that Because I have the tendency, when I'm in pain, I wanna be like a wild animal and go in a bush and lick my wounds, and there are just people that are in my life that are like, we're not gonna let you just go Mm -hmm. and be alone. Um, Yeah, so I don't even think it's, like I said, rebellion against people who don't believe. I think it's a freedom to say, oh, I followed Jesus, but. If I look at the story of Jesus and who he engaged with and why he was killed, mm. he was rebellious as well mm-hmm. towards the traditions that were oppressive and sexist and racist. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and also his his word and his mm-hmm. actions have been so misconstrued oh, and, yeah. and used abused. for very sinister yeah. things. I right. mean, it's it's hard to even... Uh, see how especially the the right wing of our oh, country yeah. uses all this stuff to yeah. justify war and mm. violence against women and, yeah. uh, you know, Just racism, a, uh, you know?
0: Everything. I mean, the foundation of America is supposedly a Christian nation. Right. And I would... I really do think that because of music... Um, that I am being taught, like I said, what it is to love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I have new music, and thinking about the recording process for next year for an EP, all of them have to do with justice. Mm. Um,
1: and Brick by Brick feel, feels like a start mm-hmm. of that you yeah. know, awareness where you're, you're bringing in the sounds of protesters oh, yeah. sort of as, sort of like the storm right. in the first track where you're bringing in as part of the spine of the song, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: ago that like whatever is true, whatever is love, whatever is light will be the one thing that remains Mm -hmm. and we might be very surprised with who we're shoulder to shoulder with Mm -hmm. on the side of light Mm -hmm. and love Um, or we might be surprised that we're not on that side in reality Um, so yeah I, I, I am learning a lot, there's a lot of undoing in myself, there's a lot of judgmental things that I'm like Man, I used to think that way, but it's being undone in such a kind and generous way, mm-hmm. um, and it feels like a gift. Hmm. It's work.
1: I had this thought as we pulled into this uh, interesting church that we're in right yeah. now. So they're having like a sort of a faiths giving or whatever they mm. said. You know, different people coming together because Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah. If you had your own Thanksgiving that you could throw with anyone mm.
0: from history, you mm. could invite
1: six guests, um, who would they be?
0: Well, one, Jesus, because we would never run out of wine. Nailed it. Um, maybe, shoot, that's kind of tough. Probably my closest friends, which is very diverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I have some kids that I, they're not kids, they're like 25 and up now, but I've mentored them for a long time, and they would bring their friends, it would just be a big party, hodgepodge of people.
1: All right, let's say you bring your friends as a given, <laughs> but then five other people uh, from that's history. that's so tough. They can come through the wormhole just for the meal.
0: Okay, fine. The Obamas, all, right. all of them are coming. Um, like I said, Jesus would be there. Who else? I don't know. I'm like, do I? Am I not a historian? Maybe Sacagawea. Mm. Yeah, be like, what? What really happened? Yeah. Um.
1: She saved Lewis and Clark's ass. I know. I just was watching this Ken Burns thing about the West. Oh yeah. And she's like, literally bailing them out of like certain death every other day. Oh yeah. Talking down these like tribes, like, yeah. look, don't kill these them. guys. Are these guys are fine.
0: They like, said they're gonna be believe me. Friends. Yeah. They gave me this blanket. It's a little itchy, <laughs> yeah. and I have little bumps all over me, but we're good. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll be on a coin one day, it's gonna be fine.
0: <laughs> I'll be on a coin one day as Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's a tough question.
1: I mean, I would go to a, a party with your friends, the yeah. Obamas and Jesus.
0: Come on. Jesus would be like, look, <laughs> boom the best of the best wine. And then, who knows who Jesus would invite? Be like, anybody who wants to come to this meal. We never run out of food, literally anyone could come.
1: Let me ask you as a person of faith, the stories in the Bible, Mm -hmm. right, that people, for better or worse, follow as a guide for life, Mm -hmm. in a way, do you feel that they are the word of God? or is it a truth that was mankind's hopeful sort of version of the words of God?
0: I mean, most of the Bible is poetry, right? So honestly, I've read many stories and I'm like, this is weird, or this is insane, or I don't necessarily think it's a manual for how people should live their lives. I feel like it's a manual for people do some pretty awful stuff mm. and this is how God has to clean it up. Mm. I mean, and if Jesus, like there's a story of a, of, of a landlord who creates this vineyard and he sets up everything. He plants all the grapes everywhere and then sets up the pump and the workers, you just pump the wine and you give it out. Mm. But then the workers turn on the landlord and the landlord sends some of his associates and they beat them up, and then they go running off because, Mm. like, yo, we're taking over this place. Then the landlord sends its son, and they're like, nah, dude, we're gonna team up, and we kill the son. I think a lot of times we try to be more conservative than God. I do think that it is inspired by God. Do I really know what that means? No.
1: For some reason, (laughs) as we were uh, getting up this morning, um, me and my wife were talking about the idea that Mary mm-hmm. being a virgin. Yeah. But then she was also engaged to Joseph.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, what really happened there? I know. You know? And and this sort of ultimate Christian thing of right. like, look, she's having a beautiful child and no yeah. one was ever touched there was no lust or no yeah. sort of physical uh, sweat yeah. that made this child. It was just, it was magic, you know? And it's like, what
0: really happened there? Yeah.
1: And who had that idea to be like, no, 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 God yeah. impregnated her.
0: Yeah, the spirit. I mean, that's what it but it's. But it's also just
1: like as a filmmaker, as yeah. a story writer, it's a damn compelling story. It really is. Because we're still talking about it.
0: Man, I... There's so much in the Bible that I don't get. And I also listen to a podcast called The Bible Project, Mm. where they approach the scriptures with a Hebrew and Jewish cultural context Mm. um, narrative. And they have one who's a historian and one who's like the layman who says that doesn't make sense to Mm -hmm. me. Um, Yeah, I mean, there are just a lot of things that I don't understand. I don't necessarily think I'm supposed to believe it blindly. Mm -hmm. But if I look at the experiences that I've had in my life, Mm -hmm. especially when I was really sick and ill, there are a lot of things that are miraculous that happen um, that I can't explain. Mm. Where do you think? So I just have to go from my own personal experience to say, I guess that's possible.
1: That song to dance with death, mm-hmm. um, talking about going through the pain, yeah. and yet my faith remains. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, was there a moment when you were in the depth of that oh, sickness definitely. where you were like,
0: I'm done.
1: Questioning where you were about to go, maybe? Oh, yeah.
0: And totally not even thinking about that, just saying, I'm done.
1: Like, yeah.
0: I'm too tired. Um I don't know where God is in this. I don't want to fight anymore. All the dreams that I had built up since my youth, I'm okay with burying them. Yeah. Um, I mean, and death is still weird to me. Mm. I mean, I've seen a lot of dead bodies in my life. I used to be an assassin. Ah. So I've killed a lot of people. Great. (laughs) But I have seen a lot of death. Um, Why? Uh, I know, like in middle school, a friend's little brother died of cystic fibrosis. Mm. So starting there, uh, my nephew, my oldest brother's son died at seven weeks. Mm. Um, I sang for a man, held his hand as he passed away from brain cancer, Mm. my grandmother passing away. And when you see a dead body, you know, that's not the person. Mm -hmm. So
1: were you there with your grandmother as she, no, no.
0: But my music was. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. But I did have a dream mm. before she passed away. And it was a younger... It could have been a younger version of my grandmother. And I heard my name, Elizabeth. Mm. Elizabeth. And a blank, the blanket was trying to be taken from my face. Mm. And I pulled the blanket up higher over my head. Mm-hmm. And then she passed away. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't understand death. I don't, I also don't want to be buried in the ground.
1: Mm. Um,
0: I just want to be cremated. Where? Sprinkled anywhere. Where? Cremated, I don't know. Now where
1: would you be scattered? <laughs> Name the crematorium, I'm now.
0: Like, I don't know, <laughs> honestly, I don't really care.
1: Let's say, anywhere that you've been, the most beautiful place that you can
0: imagine. Take me to the moon. All right. And Put my ashes.
1: If if uh, <laughs> recreational space flight becomes yeah, more affordable, which supposedly it is, are you gonna go?
0: <sighs> Probably not. But my ashes can go, right? Is it gonna be like a, what's the sci-fi movie with Matthew McConaughey where the he's the the whole time? Oh, Inter Interstellar. Oh uh, yeah, 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 maybe could that happen? Why not?
1: My grandfather who. Um, Worked in the space program yeah. and, and Department of Defense. My grandmother was able to convince the satellite launching company that he was on the board yeah. of to put some of his ashes on a launch that he's and he's rotating around the moon, basically. That's insane. You know? And. Uh,
0: and yeah, grandma.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how <laughs> she pulled that off, but uh, I just like imagine sort of some version of his soul kind of like smiling, saying like, hey, I'm finally up here. Yeah. You know? Because I was always looking up there as a kid. I love outer space.
0: It's terrifying. So is the ocean. Because it's so unknown. Yeah. And so deep. Mm. And only a small percentage has been explored. So yeah, I'm averting all of the faith-based questions you're giving me because I'm like, I don't really know.
1: Well, I think that is the beauty is the mystery of it. Yeah. You know.
0: And I think as I get older, I lean more into the mystery being okay.
1: hmm
0: Like, some people say, do you have a five-year plan? What are you gonna do next? And I'm like, I don't know. Because the things that I've planned for have been averted by other things. Mm-hmm. And I am where I am because of saying yes. hmm So.
1: Do you think that your music... You know, you're going to sing tonight in this yeah. uh, church-like space. Yeah. Do you feel like you're channeling some sort of supernatural power when you're able to mm-hmm. sing?
0: Uh, that's what people tell me. A lot of times I don't feel anything. Yeah. I've had some out-of-body experiences. Like, I played a Morro Bay mm. at a venue called Siren. Mm-hmm. Siren. I'll be and, there in a
1: couple weeks. Yeah.
0: And... I, there was something about that space and the people in that room mm. where when we were singing a song, I don't remember, I, f- I felt myself drop to my knees with wow. my hands in the air. And there was a woman dancing with her son and his partner and at the end she comes up to me and she's like, that's always been my, my dream was to dance again. Mm. She had brain surgery mm. and lost her ability to walk for a year. Wow. And so that was her one desire, was that she'd be able to dance again. And that's what she was doing. I didn't even know that story, but I felt something powerful. I love that
1: that happened at the Siren Bar in yeah. Morro Bay, yeah. of all places. Mm-hmm. Which is like the most, you know, hedonistic of oh, yeah. local bars. Yeah. But they have great people in there. And yeah. Todd, yeah, you know, who books good medicine stuff in yeah. Central... Uh, part of California yeah. there's just a an openness of those yeah. people up there I always mm-hmm. say it's like the happiest people that we play for yeah. in San Luis Obispo and around yeah. Morro Bay there, there's this sort of unjaded embrace of the mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. which sometimes you forget is still possible yeah you know
0: I mean that's been my experience like even though my music does talk about Jesus and my my faith and my walk the spaces that I'm invited into aren't necessarily Mm. the kind of places that most people would say, oh yeah, Jesus is there. Mm -hmm. But those are the spaces where I've felt most of my spiritual Mm. encounters. Have you ever played in Dante's in Portland? I have not. That area, you think the siren is very hedonistic. Dante's in Portland Mm. if you go up a different staircase you'll go up to a fully Mm. nude strip club Ah. I think it's a strip club I don't know there are cages hanging in the room Mm. Um, but when I played there I opened up for the California Honey Drops Mm -hmm. and as I sang my songs and looked out at the audience I had this sense that Jesus said I love these people too Mm. And I'm inviting you into this space so that you can see. They're mine, too. I love Mm. them, too. And I remember sitting at a bar, and this guy was crying. He's like, man, I haven't been to church in so long.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And even when I played at the Blues Festival, it's the first time I was so nervous I cried. I felt this sense of... The waterfront in mm -hmm, Portland? Yeah, we played
1: that. What a gorgeous setting. Oh, my
0: gosh. And the people... I felt this release of like, Liz, I'm not asking you to save people. I mm-hmm. just want you to sing over them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel like I get to do. I'm not trying to proselytize. Mm-hmm. I don't want my music to be super didactic. Mm-hmm. I'm just using big words that I don't ever is. Do it. Um, but I feel like it's more of an honor for me to be invited into these spaces Mm. instead of it's an honor for these people to come and hear me sing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of unraveling that's happening in me. I feel like because music started in my 30s, at 30 really, that I'm mature, maybe I'm now mature enough to go into these spaces without the mindset of you need to preach the gospel and Mm. save them. But more so, these are people that are loved as well, who Mm. are created beings. And at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. And that is unity and justice and mercy and grace and, yeah.
1: People also forget how much, you know, the church and and different religious figures... Mm -hmm were how the civil rights movement was yeah. possible, mm-hmm. you know? we I think we assume now that, like, oh the gosh. most religious people in our country are, like, Fox News wingnuts, you know? And it's like, no, yeah. these are the people marching mm-hmm. on that bridge in Selma, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah.
1: They were, you know, priests from, you know, the northern states that got killed. Yeah, you know?
0: literally being killed.
1: You know, and yeah. that seems so far away, but that, you know, that just happened, yeah. you know?
0: And it's a constant reminder of like, at the end of the day, Jesus was killed because of the people that he ate with. Mm. And it was the religious leaders that were like, Ugh, that man is carrying his carpet on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be doing any work. And it's like, this man has been paralyzed his whole life and he can walk now. Yeah. And we're focusing on the fact that he is breaking some kind of religious law.
1: Have you seen miracles in your life?
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, my life feels like a miracle, but I'm so close to it that it's blurry. Mm. Um, I've seen people get pregnant that have had multiple miscarriages or have been trying for years and years. Mm. Um, I look at my childhood and am so shocked at the things that I didn't have to experience Mm. in my youth as a middle child of five kids raised by... My mom. Um, Yeah.
1: Where are your siblings now?
0: In Portland, Oregon. They're all still there? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Are you guys close? I mean, close is like, we don't hate each other. Yeah. We're pretty (laughs) spread apart too. My sister's 10 years older than me. Oh, wow. My brother is five years older. He calls me often. Usually at horrible times, because I'm in New York City now, so it'll be like 3 a.m. and he's like, what's up? Yeah. Come party. I'm like, I'm asleep. Yeah. That's why I didn't text you back. And then I have two younger siblings. Um, But I'm like the middle child where I've always been the adventurous one of, when I graduate college, my gift to myself is going to be a passport to go and explore the world. Mm. So closeness and that when we're around each other we are huggy and mm-hmm. but we don't talk on the phone all mm. the time and catch up. I have a lot of nephews and two nieces and they're all like almost in their 20s um, so it's I feel like a protective auntie as well but I didn't really have anyone always checking in on me when I was a kid like I could have done anything I wanted to, and I just didn't um,
1: do you think you'll make films again?
0: I don't know honestly I have no idea what the hell is unfolding, so I just go with the flow um
1: i i, I was I used to you know be in plays and yeah. all this stuff and I write plays still, but yeah. the actual act of acting and being under that spotlight
0: yeah
1: even. So much different than what we do singing. Yeah, and I was uh, in the Edinburgh Fringe Fest with my, oh my gosh, this weird I'm little uh, thirty-minute musical thing yeah. where where they put me just because I was there. My wife is a, a, an actor, but oh, yeah. they were like, "Can you play the lawyer from Jurassic Park for a couple weeks?" Who's the lawyer? He Jeff gets Goldblum? no. He's like this nerdy guy who gets eaten by the T Rex, like on the toilet.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, he left the kids. Exactly. So... And
1: the funny thing was that my, my wife played both kids, so mm-hmm. we actually had a scene together where I'm like, hey, put that walkie-talkie back. It's heavy. Oh you know? Gosh, I love Jurassic so, Park. It was so funny. And I got to be eaten in front of this audience, okay. you know? And I stood on that stage in, like, this bad suit and, and, you know, and I just was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Like... I don't know how to stand. Yeah. I don't know where to look. Yeah. And I don't feel that way when I'm playing music for some reason. Because yeah. it's almost like that's secondary. Yeah. Whereas like real acting, yeah. it's like making something completely natural that is completely unnatural. Yeah. You're like, oh, I believe Russell Crowe is I that know. gladiator.
0: It's a of course he is. Vulnerability.
1: It's embodying something. And I know that yeah. I can do that when I write. Yeah. And kind of when I sing. But I know I'm not an actor.
0: Even though I love doing it. And I wanted to be an actress, but now the thought of it's like, I think I take myself too seriously to allow myself to pretend on screen.
1: Mm. On on that note, (laughs) I have all these screenplays in a box for my screenwriting professor, because I also went to film school, sitting in my living room. And I was like, I think we should do a, a brief... Dramatic reading. reading. Okay. And since you have a certain name, this is what I found.
0: I know, I should get like royalties from any time. So, Vice,
1: written directed by Adam McKay, which was a fun movie about the ultimate I depths of it. our political Ugh. madness. So, <laughs> I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna read a little scene. You're gonna be Lynn Cheney, and okay. I'm gonna be Dick Cheney.
0: Do we have accents? <laughs> Can I be English?
1: British, British
0: version. Yeah.
1: Okay, so here we go. We're on page forty-eight. They're in bed.
0: Can I? Can I really be English? Okay, I so watched...
1: should we read Brit- British, British dick British. and British. Yes, Richard.
0: Yes. I watch a show called Towie, and okay. uh, it's absolute rubbish.
1: I just got back from England for two weeks, so I should. All right.
0: You should be. Here we
1: go. This is going to be really awkward, but really okay. funny. Interior, cheney bedroom, Dick and Lynn get settled into bed.
0: My sweet Richard, dance nimbly around the king's hearth. Thou hath... What language is this?
1: (laughs) Wow, this is actually fitting for an English accent.
0: (laughs) Parch. What is this? What does this say? Come on, we
1: have to read the scene.
0: Parch, ma, crane towards the drip. Drip of imagined waters. But I say to you now, rest, retire. Thou hast honoured thy vows to wife and crown.
1: Has blindness usurped vision in you, my wife? No mere treaty is our union. Thou shared thy torch's flame with mine, revealing halls and spires of long-faded empires. But now I hold aloft mine own fiery cresset to make flesh our bond of power.
0: Dare I, dare I let hope's beak place gathered bramble Upon my heart from future's nest, many winters pass hath I let this hope die. Cruel winds silencing tiny birds, needy cries.
1: This is surprisingly uh, a poetic part of Vice.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I have you, to you re-watch might know it. how to read, I don't know. <laughs> Did this happen in Vice? Why are they speaking? Where? Where she- is this? in, the, in the sh- <laughs> Why is it Shakespearean language? I don't know, but I kind of liked it.
1: If you could be in any play,
0: mm. oh.
1: any role in any play, what would it be?
0: I would be in Harry Potter.
1: The play? Is there yeah. a play?
0: Yeah, in the Cursed Child. I mean, also which I role? Feel, oh, what would I be? Something evil. Someone in. Someone Slytherin. in Slytherin. Yeah, I feel like I'd have a lot of fun. But then I'd have to go to therapy to undo all the evil that I've like mm. really allow myself to feel.
1: I took a picture in front of that elephant bar where she wrote.
0: Yeah. Oh, in Edinburgh. Yeah.
1: She's just like, you know, Scotland's on welfare.
0: Elephant. Yeah. Just
1: writing those books.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Maybe I'll be in Hamilton, but I feel like, you know, I I've never I don't know that much about it other than it's super popular.
1: When are you going to record the new EP?
0: I'm thinking in the summer. Mm. Yeah, mostly justice songs. I'm like, which song do I want to sing for you? This land is pretty dark but it's real. It tells the story of America. Mm. So that's pretty much the theme of my record, my protest songs.
1: Which way do you think the election's gonna go in 2020?
0: <sighs> I, I, well, I already have a red cape in case I'm turned into a handmaiden. Oh. But I might be a Martha. I don't know. Did you dress up?
1: <laughs> where, is that where your costume was for Halloween?
0: No, my costume was an oppressed black woman in the 60s. So I dressed up like my mom. Yeah.
1: Did people ask what you were and then they were yeah. like kind of freaked out when I you told so. them? I hope so. They They're were like, whoa, out. that's okay. I'm Touche.
0: dressed up as Rita. So I'm a badass mom, but also an oppressed black woman in the 60s. You're welcome. Hmm. And I look pretty good.
1: Does your mom still have some of her clothes laying around?
0: Oh, does she? She has every single item of clothing she's ever had laying around, including ours from our childhood and on. Oh. So, yeah. Collector. Yep, that's what some would say. <laughs> <laughs> I use hoarder, but that's all right.
1: Does she come out to shows?
0: Um, sometimes. The last time she was there, she. my friends were like, we're going to drink with your mom. Mm. And... Uh, I pulled her on stage. You could tell she had some margaritas, mm-hmm. and she was just slamming the tambourine on her butt, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah,
1: I think that is a fun thing about when you're when the kids can kind of do the things mm-hmm. maybe that their parents weren't given permission to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean my dad is a, a gifted blues yeah. harmonica player. Yeah, has never been in a band. Yeah, except when he sits in with our band. Yeah. And he sat in with like every band I've had since I was like fifteen. That's you know? so awesome. But I'm also like, Dad, form a band. Yeah. Like you're good. And he sings if too? He does you. But he, it's almost like he never gave himself the permission to I do know. that, and no one because he knew in was in doing the
0: day, it. You had to work at a coal mine, <laughs> yeah, or you had to work at a factory or an advertising, or but you know, an advertising. Um, but now we come, we're in the generation of like following your dreams. Yeah, it's now little... we're in debt.
1: It's a little harder than you thought. Yeah. (coughs) I followed uh, my
0: dreams and now what I do?
1: Yeah. Uh, What's my credit card bill this week? (laughs) Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, My credit card was shut down because of my student loans. Okay. Well, let's move on. I'm going to see. I'm going to find Hannah. Okay. Because I think we have to do sound checks soon. Okay. And then we'll sing.
1: Sing. That's
0: one for you. This land is your land. This land is my land From California To the Texas border Through the forest Mountains With the migrant caravans This land was made for you and me This land is your land This land is my land, from the piers of Charleston, to the fields of cotton, to the crowded prisons, to the streets of Ferguson. This land was made for you and me.
1: There you have it, Liz Weiss, everybody. You can go to lizweiss.com for her music and her tour dates. Her new single, uh, her holiday song Refugee King, is out now, and uh, 100% of the proceeds will be donated to Im Schools. It is an immigrant led nonprofit organization transforming schools into safe and welcoming spaces for undocumented students and their families. If you go over to thebluegrasssituation.com, you'll see that back in May, there was a song premiere of her single, It Was Good. And uh, Liz says that we are more alike than different. I like to erase the line between the stage and the audience by bringing some people on stage when possible. When I perform It Was Good, I always break the ice by saying, This is my Make America Great Again song. The crowd reaction can be mixed. (laughs) So I really admire what she's trying to do. Uh, So go see her live if you can. And you may have noticed that in the background of our taping in that old church in LA, there was someone sound checking and warming up, and that was the wonderful Gabby Moreno. And Gabby and Liz were on a tour of the West Coast when I caught up with them. And uh, you know what? If you haven't listened to the episode we recorded with Gabby Moreno, go back in our archives. It is a real treat. And she's often heard on Live From Here with Chris Teeley as well as Madison Cunningham. And... She was our episode a couple weeks ago and it is the most listened to episode of all time on this show. After a few weeks, it didn't hurt that she was nominated for a Grammy the day it came out. So lots of cool stuff for you to check out and more cool stuff to come. It would be remiss of me not to mention the wonderful guitarist and singer who joined Liz Weiss in that song that we closed the episode with. Her name is Hannah Glaver and uh, man, the two of them in one room, I could see the hair sticking up on my arm. It was so intense. You know what else is intense? The record release tour that my band, Dust Bowl Revival, is assembling right now in the new year. Our record, Is It You, Is It Me, will come out January 31st at last, and uh, we'll be starting January 29th at the Sinclair in Boston, and then playing in Portsmouth and in Portland, Maine, and uh, New York we will be playing all over the place, so please check it out. There's a couple real big special shows that I would love to tell you about, including February 7th at the 9.30 Club in Washington, D.C., at the Paramount in Bristol, Tennessee on February 8th, and back on the West Coast for the big California shows February 28th at the Fillmore in San Francisco and February 29th at the Troubadour in L.A. So please check that out. And uh, our new single, Mirror, came out last week. We're really excited about it. I was told it made my mother weep, so if you need some emotional cleansing, uh, check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon All that good stuff. Can't wait for you to hear it. The Show on the Road is hosted by me, Zach Lupitan, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. If you love The Show on the Road, please leave us a review or rating over at itunes.com slash road. Tell your friends, and also be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now on thebluegrasssituation.com. The Show on the Road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lupitan. See you on the trail.